0: You're listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, and my name is Rog. Please be mindful that some topics might be great stuff for younger people to listen to, and some might not. Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on related topics in Australia. Find Curious Creatures and submit your questions for us to answer at B I Z. And with me today is BJ and Aerie. Uh, BJ, perhaps you'd like to say just uh, a little about yourself.
1: I'm BJ and I'm from Eagle Leather in Abbotsford, which is a fetish store. Um, It's been operating since 1994. Uh, We deal mainly in fetish gear and uh, sexual education programs as well. Fantastic. And Aerie, who are you?
2: Hi, I'm Aerie and I run Blue Velvet Arts, which primarily hosts workshops on rope bondage, BDSM, kink... And cultivating positive sexuality. Fabulous.
0: And so, to today's question, which is about BDSM BDSM, isn't it just more sexual violence against women? So, uh, Aerie, might start with you on this one. What are your thoughts on that topic?
2: All right. Well, I think it's important to dissect that perspective first. Um, That statement attributes the fact that BDSM is violence. And I think it's pretty important to look at, so if you have activities that are consensual, that all parties have discussed and they've agreed to, and it's something that they find enjoyable and an enhancement to their play, their lifestyle, even their BDSM can be deeply healing as well. I feel like if it's agreed upon, completely, fully, transparently agreed upon, then it doesn't qualify as violence anymore, not by my definition of violence. So I think that's the first part to establish that healthy BDSM done, done right, agreed upon consensual is not violence. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's also important to abolish the misconception that's promoted by the media that BDSM is always about a man enforcing his will on a woman. Um, BDSM is for everyone, consensual adults. Um, much of the work that I do as a female is, when I'm doing pro-dom work, is is dominating men. So that's a, that's a huge field that I think is neglected in the popular conception of BDSM being a man violently imposing his will on a woman who has no no say in the matter.
0: Yeah, that, 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 that perception definitely is out there. That's definitely yeah. what makes it across to the mainstream media sometimes, hey?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think, look, a perfect example that I I kind of use is that... And the big thing, as saying, was saying, is consent, and that's what a lot of people in mainstream society don't understand, that they have trouble with something sexualised and they see it as being a bit aggressive. It's that consent thing that they question, whereas we kind of accept in mainstream society that if we see boxing, that, that there's consent involved. You look at Muhammad Ali in the US, he's seen as like a national hero, you know, but could you imagine... If Muhammad Ali was against unwilling, non-consenting victims, would they see him as su- in such a lovable light? In, in the UK, Frank Bruno was like, kind of like a, someone, like, almost like the nation's son mm. in some ways. Mm. And, you know, if you take away that consent in boxing, then it, that's when sport crosses over to violence. But for some reason, if there's kind of like, I guess, sex, sex involved, that straight away we have this knee-jerk reaction in society to straight away see that as a taboo, yeah. Um. And also the gender thing. If we see ma- a man being aggressive to a female, straight away that that's as you were um saying before, Eddie. Um, that's man enforcing his will upon a woman. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 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 funny. It's just like straight away. It's these knee jerk reactions that we seem to have. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And again, keeping the activities in the context, some of the things that happen in BDSM, if they weren't pre negotiated and consented to, would definitely qualify as battery and assault. Yeah. So it is that element of agreement, negotiation, transparency, consent that changes the nature of the activities.
1: We're and working the, in a controlled environment. You know, everything from start to finish is controlled. We negotiate our limits. We, we, talk, about our, um, we, we talk about what we want to get out of a, a session, um, where we want it to go and where we don't want it to go. So from start to finish, it should be controlled. Yeah, we have know. we have a safe word system where we can out out, out of this. The same as going back to boxing. i oh, sorry. Seems like I'm pretty boxing. <laughs> a little boxing you today. That's but, okay. you know, we all have we, our thing. We, not going to train you for being into your boxing. That's cool. But you know, we can call off that. You know, the, the fight can be called off. The towel can be thrown in, and then if that boxer goes beyond that, then it becomes again sport violence. Same yeah. with a BDSM scenario. If somebody throws the towel in and says stop, then what becomes like um, two adults living out of fantasy becomes then violence, you know.
0: I, I guess we can sort of see where the stereotype comes from and why someone would ask that question, because sometimes when you look at how uh, kink or BDSM is portrayed, you don't see the pre-negotiations and you don't see the safe words and you don't see the trust that's there. So you can kind of understand why people have that perception. Y-
2: yes, I think with with anything, if you're not familiar with the intricacies of what goes on behind the scenes, then... Just observing the act, just seeing what's happening without knowing what happened between the two people before or afterwards. If you're just basing your judgment on very much what the media portrays of what BDSM is supposed to look like, then you could get your hackles up over that. Um, So just it's with experience, once you've actually experienced these things and witnessed a scene negotiation, witnessed the care that goes into planning the scene and the aftercare that happens afterwards. Like without the full picture of what goes on. Yeah. Then you're just judging on just a small fragment of what you see yeah. and your perception of that.
0: Yeah. And and the bit that does come across on television, unless you're watching a full one hour documentary on how to do negotiation and communication, then all you see is someone in latex being smacked up or something <laughs> like that. It's just like a five second grab that sort of says, Yeah, there's this type of activity going on and yeah, it's hardly educational. It reminds me of the question of um, around the difference between educational porn and entertainment porn and they're such different things and if you think you're watching one thing but you're actually watching the other you're going to come away from that
1: a little confused but well, we also then you can go into the whole sorry to bring it up it, i'm always getting tired of hearing about 50 shades of grey
2: sure <laughs> so. it's okay don't get me started on. again like whatever you're into bj if you're into 50 shades oh
1: it's, come on that. We're, very open-minded. we're all friends here <laughs> but look i watched i watched the movie and i was saying i got interviewed um, for something else about Fifty Shades of Grey, and I said basically the most exciting scene for me was the 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 glider scene <laughs> where they have the hang, where they are going off on um, the hang gliding. But look, I found, I found it a, it was a corny, terrible, terribly acted film. And look, people was were up in arms saying that this does it didn't cover this, it didn't cover the, cover this safety um, here and there. But it's just a film. It's, it's a work of fiction and should be treated as such. You know, I, I believe that you shouldn't use movies as educational resources and some movies, uh, a director has the right, I believe, to be able to portray any relationship, whether it's, piece of, whether it's bu- abusive or, or not, and then people can w- walk away from that. Um, and we, we hope that as adults they're smart enough to actually not use it as that type of an educational resource and able to walk away and go, look, I found that part to be quite abusive, and that's within their right.
0: And you remind me that I think the three of us speak from a pretty happy, privileged spot around what BDSM is. Uh, I'm making a few assumptions about us both, but we understand about the role of communication in that and that it is always about consent. The reality is there are some people out there playing in a way um, which, which would give rise to this particular question. Um, I guess my thoughts on it are, um, yeah, like the first thing for me is to degender it because um, I, I think to to look at it in, in that one-sided gender way is not acknowledging that. Uh, as best I understand it, we basically have something close to equality, gender equality in yeah. the kink scene. There's, there's no particular strong lines between who's more likely to be uh, topping or doming and who's more likely to be bottoming or subbing. Um, so I think if you think it's just about sexual violence against women, you're missing one half of the situation. But yeah, in in either way, in either way, you're wrong. Um, what's what's being missed there is, is as we've said, all the communication and consent. Um, and yeah, if you just get a get a tiny snapshot of that coming across, it's not the whole story. I think um, I, I want to say this in the most respectful possible way, but um, I can't help concluding that the person that asks this question. Either hasn't had any experience within BDSM or hasn't had any good experience within BDSM because I feel like someone that knows what it's like to really accurately carefully discuss what's going to happen to you and on what terms wouldn't ask a question like that.
2: Well, I think we also have to acknowledge the fact that when people see an activity, we have parts of our like our neuro, like the neurological function of our brain that either mirror neurons you know kind of mirrors the activity or gives us a sympathetic sense of what's going on so if you were someone observing an activity that you would never participate in that to you just seemed like grotesque or extreme or violent that it's your natural instinct to have a revulsion to that or repulsion so um i think part of Learning to be more understanding that this isn't violence, that this is consensual, is also understanding that people are into a whole myriad of things. There are so many kinks, so many fetishes, and what's right for one person isn't going to be right for everyone. And understanding that the people engaging in healthy BDSM are acting upon their own deep personal exploration. And so to look at that and and recognize, well, you know, to me, that's really extreme. I would never do that. That doesn't feel right to me. But understanding that other people have the right to participate in that, that you don't have to watch it, you don't have to participate in it, but that you have an acceptance. And, uh, you know, that's all that all plays into like sex positivity. You don't have to do what other people do, but they do have the right to do it as long as it's legal, consensual.
0: Uh I love it. I love it. Thank you for saying it. And and again it's like if BJ wants to watch Fifty Shades of
1: Grey, that's oh. what like. it's in another room and we don't have to be. There, that doesn't though. mean I have um. to watch it with him. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you what you're getting at is that, you know, if we're given one thing in this life that we have a right over, it's our own bodies and what oh. we do to it. And how dare someone else tell us what we can actually do with it? You know, I find that yes. so offensive, oh, yeah. you know, especially myself i don't i'm not, not believing in any afterlife i think this is it for me you know and while i I'm, I'm going to do everything i i want and everything i can to make sure that this lifetime is enjoyable as possible yeah for myself
0: it, it's funny so the question starts to sound like it comes from a bit of a puritanical background mm. um, yeah, yeah. Again, just like the church saying what you can and you can't do. Anyone that's having more sex than you is a slut, and anyone that's having less sex is frigid.
2: <laughs> yeah, or, or coming from like a naive or ignorant background as well. I think so. Like someone who's making a judgment without actually taking the time to educate and inform themselves on what goes on yeah. behind the scenes, what the other intricacies of the whole BDSM scene are.
1: It's yeah. incredible. It's an incredible place to be when you actually question your own. Beliefs, and you—if you sometimes—if you have a knee-jerk reaction to things that you see or witness, actually questioning that and saying, "How do I feel that way? Or is it, you know, is it conditioned from when I was when I grew up? You know, why do I, when I see this, I feel this way? And you know, it's—it's very enlightening to actually be able to question yourself and your own beliefs." And I think that's sometimes where people go a little bit, uh, wrong. They, they see something like this and shred. Oh, like, to be honest, the very first time I topped a, a woman, I was, you know, there was parts of me that were like, this is, feels a little bit yeah. wrong because of what I've always seen and what I've always been told. And I,
0: I, I think one of the things that happens, no matter where you put the gender, the first time you uh, get into impact play, particularly face slapping or something like that, I think almost everyone has a reaction which is just to say, hang on, what's going on? What the fuck have I done with my life? Why am I enjoying this? This can't be right. Like yeah. Good people don't enjoy hitting other people. And then if you're on the receiving end of that exchange, The first time you get properly spanked or something like that, most people tend to have a reaction along the lines of, oh, what the hell's going on with me? What decisions have I made? This is wrong. Good, right people aren't meant to enjoy being spanked up like this.
1: Yeah, and then you can just rationalise it and say, you know, this is just a hedonistic pursuit that we're we're playing out, a a role, and, and that both people are enjoying it, the person receiving it wants this the yes. person receiving this is and then when you see that look in their eyes and the, and the way that they react to what you're administering to them that changes so much and you start feeding off each other's energy and then you realize why we do these things i think you've nailed it i think that is the solution
0: when you have that wig out is just to like pause stop and remind yourself about the communication and the consent you did for it and check your feedback and the other person's feedback and remind yourself that yeah no you are there for hedonistic yeah. positive reasons
2: yeah, and good to check in if something doesn't feel quite right. Make sure that you have permission for what you're doing. Yeah. And if you don't entirely have permission, stop, check in, oh, so stop great. the
0: activity. If you've got that niggling little voice in the back of your mind, listen mm. to it. Check in. Oh, my God, mm. it's almost like you can use your words. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And these are all such powerful tools for healing and discovering more about yourself, challenging yourself, evolving. Yeah. Fantastic. So um
0: Uh, As we move towards the end of this question, I I thought it might also be nice to um, um, touch on uh, – let's call this the sealed section of the podcast. So just a little heads up, folk. We're going to be talking now about uh, uh, misogyny play and misandry play, uh, which might not be everyone's cup of tea. But it just occurred to me as we were talking about that that – there are times when one sets up a particular type of play that is very gendered and includes a lot of uh, hateful, nasty language and tone and humiliation and so forth. Um, I'm, a bit, because it's going to be controversial if I speak about uh, misogyny play, I'll speak about misandry play, i.e. the hatred of men. I'll talk about my experience being on the receiving side of that, and i I'm following on from what you were saying, Ari, about there is a healing element to this. So one of the things uh, I kind of love is... When someone is just utterly disgusted with me because of my gender or my body. So they're like, look at that disgusting twitching penis. You're enjoying this even as we speak. Oh my God, is that pre cum on the end of your cock, you filthy, disgusting bastard? Bend the fuck over my knee.
1: I've got to go change a, a light bulb <laughs> in the bathroom right now. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So that kind of stuff can be amazing. Uh, and I'm thinking about another scene also that it wound up with someone basically like flogging me extremely hard and then yelling very loudly fuck you, you're a good man, and then flogging me again, and yelling, <laughs> fuck you, you're a good man. And so it went for a while, and just that whole activity was so healing. Um, so there is sometimes a really gendered nature to this, and I've been talking about the misandry side of thing, but misogyny plays a, a fun thing too, uh, so long as you've discussed it very carefully and consented to it.
2: Yeah, I would have to say consent is crucial. Wanting it is crucial. I personally... Don't enjoy any kind of humiliation play, giving or receiving. So mm. that's not my forte. That doesn't mean that I cast any aspersions or judgment against it. Again, if it is entirely what people are into, and they derive benefit from it, I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Like again, yeah. Don't don't yuck uh, don't yuck someone's yum. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to be into everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I can honestly say that a lot of people know me as as being a dominant and um, somebody who is out and about you know like always normally sees me in a dominant role but i kind of like be like to be taken down a peg myself um so we're very like minded here man uh, <laughs> i <did> <laughs> i started off as as a dominant really um well when playing with other people but in my private life i would switch and you know, i'd bottom as well and um i still to still to this day i, I do that and i like to take both sides mm. uh like i'd like to experience everything and mm. and you know really like open myself self up and and try to discover different it's just for me it's just taking on different roles and different personas it's it becomes quite easy after a while yeah <laughs> you know and
0: and you learn so much more about yourself, and I think if you do have any doubts about the trustworthiness of a partner you're thinking about playing with, then asking them to switch, uh, particularly if, if, they're, if you're not trusting their ability to dom or top a scene, then asking them to switch and take it uh, is a great little test.
2: Um, I was just going to say yes, I agree with that idea that you shouldn't really – Judge an activity as to whether or not you like it until you've tried it. Three times. hmm Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You might know after the first time if you, <laughs> you really don't like it. But, um, one of the things I love about BDSM is watching all of the things that the human brain has sexualized. Mm-hmm. Like, in addition to just, you know, overcoming your, like, overriding your survival instincts to allow pain to be pleasure and sexual. But in my 17 years, of working as a pro dom, I have seen just about every fetish, and some of them have been bewildering, and I love it. Like, wow, really, that's a thing that's amazing. I don't know if if I'm quite into it, but I'm open to the idea that there's so much out there to explore. Until you have actually explored it, you don't know how you're going to feel about it. Mm. That's what's fascinating,
1: isn't it? Like there's there's sexual things, and then there's non-sexual things, and then Mm. somewhere that's in between and all these gray areas that the human mind's so complex and fascinating.
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: It so is. Uh, anything more you want to add before we finish up on this question?
1: I think it's really important to, like, to, um, you know, I was talking about before how I'm, I'm a dom that also lights the switch as well and, and play around. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who are new and and beginning to start out and they always think that, you know, a true dominant is always this. Or somebody you can 't be a dominant if you like to bottom as well, um, and I think that and we 're talking about relationships as well. I think it 's important to adapt your relationship to your individual preferences and your own characters. If you try to follow a script of what you 've seen other people do in their relationships mm. it 's pr- probably not going to work or it mm. 's going to lose it 's going to become quite sterile, mm. so I think it 's important to really understand each other and then have a, a, a power exchange relationship according to your own characters
0: I feel like this is a good uh, down payment on a a future episode we're going to be doing on uh, how do I learn to be a dom Uh, uh, yeah I look forward to that conversation so thanks for listening friends that's been the question BDSM isn't it just more sexual violence against women I would love to hear a little more about what the two of you are up to Uh, perhaps uh, BJ uh, what do you do who's it for and
1: where can people find you so I'm from Eagle Leather, which is a fetish store. It's based in Abbotsford on Hoddle Street. We retail uh, everything from leather clothing, latex clothing, electric sex equipment, um, big dildos. Uh, we're really for the converted, I guess, rather than your more conventional Adult stores or vanilla adult stores?
0: Is it a spot where new folks uh feel comfortable
1: or do you mainly pr- uh, just uh pitch to those that're already in the scene or We've actually had a big focus on uh, having um some new people come along. I would say when I say converted I mean yeah. people who are a bit tired of buying glittery dildos right. and that, <laughs> and that have kind of thought okay there's other things out there and they might have a bit of an interest in BDSM. So we've we've been running introduction to BDSM classes since the early 90s. And what's the website? Where can people find you? www. I don't need to say www. anymore, do I? It's just au. Great. Yeah, we can roll with that. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> All
1: right, Aries.
0: who are you? What do you do? And where can people find you?
2: Yes, I um, I run Blue Velvet Arts, which hosts workshops on rope bondage and generally BDSM, kink principles and trying to cultivate a consent-based culture. That's, that's really one of the big areas that I focus in that I think is so important Um, the workshops are very open to complete beginners Um, most of them in fact are tailored to people who have no prior experience with rope bondage so we start with safety, etiquette anatomy, basic ties and then I really encourage my students to build their own style and their own creativity.
0: Mm, Love it and whereabouts can people find you?
2: bluevelvetarts.com I host workshops in various locations around
0: Melbourne. Fantastic. Thank you both so much for sharing your knowledge and perspective and doing that education outreach. It's been so special having your perspectives and opinions. Thank you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, brought to you by CuriousCreatures.biz. Hi friends, it's uh, Rog again Uh, If you're in Melbourne and you like the sound of what we've been discussing today You might like one of my workshops, uh, Kink 101 um, it doesn't assume that you are already interested in kink. I almost think of it more as just ways of extending play and expanding touch, but it does take you through the fundamentals of kink in a really safe, measured, cautious way. It's very much about your boundary setting and communication skills and limits and working out how to proceed safely uh, and also having a load of fun. Uh, I run versions of uh, the workshop for couples and for singles and uh, there are a couple scheduled in Melbourne coming up, so please jump on the website and have a look. That's curiouscreatures.biz.